The Cost of Happiness. Hello, my name is Tori, and I'm here to talk about the issue of mental illness. Mental illness is not exclusively a disease of the wealthy, yet most of its treatments are only accessible to those with exuberant amounts of money to spare. Common treatments for mental illnesses such as depression and anxiety include medication and therapy, yet these treatments are not included in most basic insurance plans and are extremely expensive to pay for out of pocket. Today, I am here with a source who would prefer to remain anonymous, who has personal experience with dealing with a child who has had an encounter with depression and suicidal thoughts. Start by saying thank you for speaking with me today. Can you please begin by explaining your past situation? I was told by my daughter's counselor that I needed to come in to speak to them. Um, my daughter was there and they had just realized that she was cutting herself. She was cutting her arms. Um, and that I had to come to see how I took her home. She was crying, she was upset, she was scared of what I was gonna say and how I was gonna react. Um, so I decided to leave work and went to go get her. Um, while I was there, she was waiting for me. Um, and, and that's where all my craziness began. I got into the whole system for the school and what am I supposed to do with her? And like, you know, I have to try and get help for her. I have to probably she needs counseling and if does she need um, therapy? Does she need um, extra support? Like, what is she, does she need? Why is she doing it? And how would you describe your financial situation at the time? And if you were to get her help, how are you planning on paying for that? It was actually pretty, um, pretty frightening at that moment. I did actually didn't have insurance. My insurance does not cover any type of uh, therapy or anything like that. That's not like just the usual, you know, your regular physical or and, like dental and stuff like that they really didn't have anything to cover they let me also know that they did have therapy inside the school but it had to go through my insurance and if my insurance um, didn't cover it then I had to pay out of my pocket so I couldn't afford to pay 300 or 350 at that point as I said it was for therapy and I really didn't have the money at that moment if you were back in the country you were from which is El Salvador, how would it have been dealt, how would a situation like this have been dealt with if it were to have occurred? Definitely not therapists, because they do not exist over there. That's something that just doesn't, they don't come around with, oh, let me go to therapy. No, you just get a weapon, and <laughs> you fix your solution. Um, and that's it. You know, there's no such thing as therapy. There's, there's nothing of that nature over there. There's like, the, close, the closest hospital is, probably an hour and 20 minutes away from my town. So that would have been something that was not even going to be solved by therapists, but they don't exist over there. Is this an issue you ever see, like mental illness or? 100% everywhere. In El Salvador, there's a lot. I actually have someone in my family that has um, like a uh, physical um, thing. He needs to go to therapy usually. He, he, has, he can't speak. He's seven years old. He can't walk. He has to be in a wheelchair. And now they just have to be like, hey, you know, you just have to go with that's how he was born. That's how, you know, I see that it, that's everywhere. And it's actually something that I'm living 
in your Does my heart. Does religion play a part in how people feel the need to deal with it, or do you think in my country? In my country, yeah, hundred percent. They believe that it's something that um, the gods send, and that's the way it should be, and you just have to deal with it. And in, even if they could, let's say that like a hospital is an hour, two hours away, it's still it's not even they earn about seven dollars a week. How are they going to be able to afford, like, they need to pay a car to get them there or they need to get into a bus to get there. And then they have to pay for the therapy because they're not free either. Like, let's say this little kid that I know needs therapy, like, to go swimming or something like that, you know, for them to get movement. They can't afford that because it's only, like, in the capital, which is something that's not even, like, able to be even to think about it. And now, currently, how would you describe your insurance situation and like within your job and everything. And I have actually my insurance, I got my insurance back, but it still doesn't cover the therapy. I, now I, I got my insurance running trying to see if I now like, with me changing an insurance, maybe I'll be able, and, and you can't, we're talking about it's like about $500, $500 a month for an insurance that will cover you, like your everyday needs. You know, like, are you, like, am I willing to pay $500, which is almost like half of a rent? for the insurance for, you know, for therapy, like that's a lot. That's a lot, like a, like a big chunk of like your monthly bills. Like you gotta pay rent, you gotta pay bills, you gotta pay, you gotta pay your cars, you gotta, you gotta pay car insurance. It's like, you know, it's, it's not even like affordable, even if I do work right now, you know? So would you say that being in a better situation economically helps you in ways that like gives you the security of knowing that if something like this were to happen to your daughter again, you would possibly have a better way of dealing with it? Yeah, 100%. I'm not telling you that, oh, economically I can't stretch a certain amount of money or, or something like that, but it, we're talking about something that it's a big amount of money, you know? It definitely be being in this country gives me that capacity to be like, you know what, maybe in the near future if something else happens, maybe I'm in a different situation or something, but definitely because I'm here, I could tell you that I am, but at that moment with my daughter, I felt, like, I couldn't do anything, you know? I was, I was like, what do I do? Like, how do I fix it? What do I tell her? What do I not tell her? Uh, I can tell you, I don't have all the money that I has. But me going home to my kids and me having a husband, that covers, like, everything, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're happy, like, that's where you're sitting and you're happy, your kid's right here, and you're talking to him, how was your day, how was this? That's what fucking, like, makes you rich inside. Money has nothing to do with you going to sleep and being okay and like you meant like i like i thank god every day that i'm like thank god i'm able to put food in my kids fridge that they open the fridge and then there's food there like i'm so happy like that makes me happy the thing that you worry about is money you know like i worry about like what happens if my daughter you know when she's ready to go to school like when my son you know when my other daughter college like do i have that money will i be able to get that money from the bank like you know will i be able to pay their housing if they're not nearby like you know, will I be able to like help them out and help myself and not be like struggling, you know, for them to be okay, you know? It is a black dog that follows you everywhere, does not let you sleep or eat well. That black dog's name is depression. This is how Winston Churchill, British prime minister, described the plague that affects millions of people across the globe, people. That's all people from all walks of life. Whether or not they have the sources to treat this illness is irrelevant. It still affects them.
I felt like I couldn't do anything. What do I do? How do I fix it? What do I tell her? What do I not tell her? Sadly, these thoughts are not unique to the person interviewed. These are the thoughts of millions of parents across the world that don't know how to help their children, that love their children and want the best for them, but don't have access to the tools to make them happier. Mental illness is not a disease of the wealthy. It is not selective in who it affects and does not account for who has the means to treat it. But there are ways to help those who do not have the help that they need available to them. The first step is education. By educating the families to ensure that they understand that it is not the depressed person's fault and that it is a sickness like any other flu or virus, the families will begin to understand and the victims will begin to feel less responsible for how their mind works. The second step is to make therapeutic resources more available to the average person. Many hospitals in developing countries do not include resources to just be able to talk and express, express your emotions. By beginning to have these in place in average hospitals and places where people go when they aren't feeling well, it will become less of a stigma to have a mental illness. It'll become more accepted and in part easier to treat, more common to treat, and will lead to more people able to lead happier lives. The cost of mental illness is a high one, but it doesn't have to be. Thank you for listening.